You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healing energy facilitator. Today's episode is going to be talking about finding your own process. Now, for me, this is partly as an artist and partly as an energy healer, but what I've come to realize is that a lot of the different areas I try to explore in my life, whether that's a job or, you know, a hobby or something that I want to do creatively, especially that I tend to, like most of us, compare my process to other people's process. So by doing that, I'm actually blocking myself, even though I don't like using that word, I'm blocking myself from seeing that my own process is part of the creativity. And I've learned this over time. So this is something that I'm more familiar with now and I don't struggle with as much. But I just felt really compelled today to, like I'm feeling it in my heart chakra and it's almost like choking me up. Like my throat chakra is very activated talking about this because it's something that is so, so close to my heart. And I've kind of touched on it in different episodes. I talked about the process of printmaking. I've talked about trusting yourself, but this is something that came through very specifically. And I feel like there are people who maybe are trying to put more time into a creative project, or maybe someone is thinking about starting something and they're comparing themselves. My ears are ringing when I'm talking. What I had to realize, which has come together in bits and pieces as things do, because that's another process thing that I think about when I'm receiving information about myself or healing and the layers of it. The universe doesn't send it all to me at once. If I got bombarded with every single time I second-guessed myself or every single time I compared myself, that would be extremely overwhelming. And I don't know how I would handle that. Like my nervous system would probably be on fire. And recently I received an emotion code session and I had 11 different emotions that were trapped at specific times, 11 different incidences that were released and seven of them were overwhelm. Not all of them were mine. Some of them were absorbed, but when I think about, you know, the last five years, especially, I feel like I was just constantly in that state. And part of it is too, because I was trying to do things the way other people do things. And for me, what I've realized is as an artist, part of the reason it's been so hard for me to claim that title is because I don't know very many people that I was in classes with or that I've seen out there that work the way that I work. Because for me, being an artist is so process-based, it doesn't matter what my finished thing looks like. That is almost like secondary. It's kind of like cool that's where that was going. Awesome. Like, it's like, it's like a reveal process to me at the end. Like, oh, that's what that whole process was for. Okay, cool. What I am more attached to as an artist and as a person is the process and like getting really lost in that middle part where you're doing the thing. 
the beginning part is very heavy for me, the planning part, because it's a mix of right brain, left brain, right? Like whatever that is, whether that's myth or a true thing. But I have this process where before I even start to do the thing, it just kind of mellows in my brain. I will, I like to think of it as like a fermentation process where like, you know, all the ingredients are up there and they're floating around and they're hanging out. And then at a certain point, like, you know, the intoxication sets in and I'm just like obsessed and I have all this energy and it just gets channeled into doing something. And for me, because that process can be very long when I'm comparing, like, let's say we had an assignment. Actually, I'm going to use the example of, I've shared this one before, but when I was at college for the one semester I did of interior design before I switched to studio art, I was in this studio class and the final project was a project that I think was five weeks or six weeks. And when we were given this project, there were two different profs. One of them gave us, well, gave her class. I wasn't in that class, but she gave the class a specific drawing or piece of the overall project to do every week. My prof was like, hey, you've got six weeks. I'm going to talk to you each person every day. We're going to go through your process, figure out where you are and figure out your next steps, which ended up helping me probably realize that I wanted to be an artist because we were given the task of choosing an artist to develop a space for, for them to have like a gallery or a showing. And I spent... I'm not even exaggerating, probably the first whole four weeks, mostly on the artist research, getting in the mind of the artist, seeing everywhere they exhibited, what other artists they were connected to. I did Richard Serra, and he has a connection to Philip Glass, the composer. We were allowed to choose a second artist to share the space, and I was like, can I have a piano and have Philip Glass there and have his music on display? I got into it. Like, I, that mental, just, like, imagining part was most of the project for me, and I even was, like, developing sculptures instead of walls. Like, I created a model for the space, even though we didn't have to. Like, I was in it, right? And then it was like the fourth week-ish. And he used to come to me last because we would have these discussions about all these artists and everyone else was kind of just focused on their floor plan, which I didn't realize because I sat at the front of the class, faced the friends, sat with my friends, didn't care, was just in my own little world. And I wasn't even like paying attention to anyone else's. I was still focused on my own stuff, just waiting for him to come around. And when he got to me this one week, he was like, so you know that like, just not to alarm you, but everyone else kind of has their floor plans. Are you putting furniture in the space? Like, are you putting in your lighting? What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I guess I should probably actually do that. Even though that was like, to everyone else, that was the assignment. <laughs> and of course it wasn't, it was shortly, it was around that time or like shortly after that I kind of had the discussion with him where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this program. And he was like, I don't think you should. I think you should just go for art. So it's moments like that where you know, I have this ability to be so in my own world that I don't see what other people's processes are sometimes. And that's such a benefit for me because when I choose to do something that's super aligned, that I'm just like, I have to do this thing. When I get that feeling of like, I'm going to do this thing, it kind of does erase all of that. It kind of just like puts me in a little bubble. Even when I went to art school, when I was almost 30, like I didn't think of that as being unusual. I was just like, yes, that is what I need to do. Right. And I think those moments where I 
am so excited about something or so, you know, magnetized to it that I don't see the outside world are actually where my power is. And of course, then once I'm in, the, when I was in the program, in studio art, I was in the studio where I loved being in the studios, loved it. I could just sit there though. That was the problem was that I would like that whole, like I said, that whole beginning process of just letting my brain have like brain soup and like other people also took a while to get started, but they were sketching and doing all these like tests with materials. And I was just like, why am I not wanting to do that? Like I didn't, did not have the urge to do that at all. But the difference then was that they would spend quite a bit of time on the project. Whereas once I knew what I was going to do and it sunk in for that moment where it was like, yes, this is the exact thing I'm going to do. I could get it done in like a day. <laughs> That's always been true for me. And when I started reflecting, I don't know whether it was partway through the program or when I had graduated, I was thinking back to being in high school because I think I had this emotional moment during the um, Artist's Way series where I realized that I had art for homeroom for three years of my four years at high school from for grade 10, 11, and 12. And so I knew my art teacher very well and he knew me very well and he got used to the fact that I did not do work in class. I liked to just be in the environment. Then I would go home and do my assignments. Half the time they were late. It was, it was a disaster, but I also liked getting my brain wrapped around exactly what I was going to do and then just doing it all at once in like a frenzy. <laughs> and then that translated over. Like that actually is how I worked in university to the point where there's this one project that stands out where it was a sculpture project. It was a soft sculpture project. So we had to incorporate, you know, something soft, whether people were sewing or just draping fabric or whatever it was. And this prof was very process-based in the sense that it was like experimentation was really big for them and physically working with the materials because it was a sculpture class. And to some extent, I did do that off and on in each type of material we used in every sculpture class I had. But for the most part, I was still very much just like looking up things online and getting like a mental mood board happening and thinking of like where I wanted to do it. Because that was the other fun part about this project is that we could, being in our own art building, where it was only art classes taking place, I could also install it wherever I wanted. That was the fun part. And there's this really cool space on the top floor. It was a big landing that was by a window. And I chose that spot in my head where I was like, that's exactly where mine's going to go. And often like when there are choices for people to install in classes, everyone wants the, there's two of them, one on each side of the building. But I was like, I'm getting that space. And I remember I brought in <laughs> and to this day, I'm like, I don't know where this idea came from. I never do with these things, like anything that just comes through sort of channeled, I guess. But I brought in these old, like rough kind of wooly blankets. I, I, no, you would know them to see them. Maybe I'll try and post a photo of this work. But I had that and clothes pegs and a drying rack. So those are my materials. And I remember bringing them in and I had them beside my desk. They were there. And I was just sitting on my phone, doing my research on my laptop. I remember my prof like five times being like, Andrea, you know, you got to take out these materials. You got to use them. And she's like opening up my drawing rack. And I'm like, I don't really want to work in here. And I was getting like a little anxious being like, um, this, you know, I don't feel like that's my process. And then I, I got to a point where like, I think the second class where it was like that, 
I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to be in the space, like away from people, because that was the other problem about even in high school, I couldn't really do my work with everyone around me. So I would absorb all their energy and be in the vibes and then go home and do it. And it was kind of the same with like print, I would prefer to like, just hang out with everyone and maybe sketch a little bit. And then when everyone was gone, and there were like night times that we could work, I would do it all then, right? So anyways, with this particular project, I grabbed my bags. She's like, okay, then go do it now. And then I'm going to come check. And I was like, okay. I was like, this feels familiar. <laughs> so I grabbed my stuff and I go up to this landing. And I still to this day can remember I had my phone, put my headphones in, was listening to Oprah's series of episodes on Super Soul Sunday with Eckhart Tolle going through a new earth. I could describe to you every episode I was listening to. I was so in this like zone. It was in the afternoon and I put together this, I can't even describe it to you, but it was basically with this fabric and I had cut some of it and I had it on this drying rack and it was this perfect time of day where the sun was coming through and this like off-white beige sort of material had this orange quality to it when the sun came through it. And it was just like, I was so excited about this project. And then to this day, I would say that's probably my favorite sculpture project that I did. And I loved it and I got a really great grade and I ended up creating my first and only actually ever solo exhibition around that project. It's moments like that where it's like when you just let yourself go with your own process and it all just comes together. And that's kind of what I did. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do my process, I like to be in my head and like thinking about stuff. So I feel like this can apply to anything though. That's where I'm going with this is you don't have to be an artist to have a process. Everyone has a process when they're making decisions, right? In human design, I'm a sacral generator and I physically in my body will know when I want to do something, but my process after that is usually, depending on what it is, if it's like a day-to-day -day small thing, I'll just do it. I'll be like, yep, I'm doing that, doing it. Or like, yes or no answers. Yes, no, those come pretty easily. But expressing them doesn't always because of conditioning and you know, acting on them doesn't always happen right away. I do make the big decisions, but I've learned that at least over the last year or two, kind of my process is that I physically in my body can know that something is right. But then in order for like my nervous system, because I've been in survival mode kind of for the last five years, you know, I've been in this like, which I, it took me a while to realize that, but I had so much going on that that was my coping mechanism, right? Like doing all the things. So now that I've kind of slowed down and I'm actually physically feeling every choice as its own autonomous thing and not just seeing how it fits into time slots, I rely on my body and my clairsentience a lot more. But what happens is there's still this part of me that gets activated when there's something I have to do that changes the overall dynamic of my life because I'm a human. <laughs> we all have a reaction to change. I get excited and like lit up about things, but I also then have that Capricorn logical part of myself that's like, okay, what, how, why are we going to do this? Well, what I've learned to recognize too is the first time I say it out loud to someone, I'm almost like asking it as a question. Like I'm putting it out there, like trying on the energy. Like what if I say I'm going to do this thing? And then I do this multiple times. And what happens is I do this almost as a way of like putting it into the universe to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. So you need to help me align whatever it is that needs to be aligned to do this. But also I like to have that accountability for myself. 
if I say it out loud, I'm activating it as a truth for myself. And sometimes it just takes hearing it a few times. Like, you know, that happens with anything. If you're getting information, you can hear the same thing like 10 times. And then like a person says it in a certain way or in a certain moment where you're feeling a certain way already, where you're receptive to it. And then all of a sudden it's like life-changing. And it can be so frustrating for the people that have told you this thing for years. And then like one person comes along and they're like, oh my God. But sometimes it's just like everything has to be aligned, right? Your body has to be receptive to that truth. And so this is what happens for me. And so you've probably heard me say things a lot on this podcast, like I'm going to be working on this. I'm going to be working on this. And eventually I'll do the thing. But to the outside world, they're probably like, okay, you've said this a lot of times, or at least that's how I feel it would be to hear over and over. But I just want it to be like an example of like, things don't happen overnight either, right? Some things do. Sometimes I've made rapid changes in like a week or two, right? But for the most part, I need to physically feel the thing as a truth first before I will do it. Like it needs to already feel true before I physically do it sometimes. And then sometimes it's the opposite. I do it and then I'm like, whoa, I did it. And it's just learning the difference of how that feels in my body before I do the thing. And so there's a thing I've been thinking about for a few weeks now and saying it loud and it's a shift I want to make. And now the more the spirit crumbs have been showing up, the the actual things I can respond to and other people who are in this situation, like people who are related to this directly, who I haven't told about this yet, are kind of like putting things in front of me that I can see, oh, this is how this is going to work out. So it's just trusting myself that like, yes, I'm going to keep saying it because I still know it's true and I don't yet know how it's going to happen. But when the right moment happens, I feel it differently. Like when I say it, I, it almost feels to me like it's my throat chakra activating and that it's like calming my nervous system. And again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how this works, but it's just the way it's been delivered to me, like how I receive it from my guides and just my own intuition. And so for me, it's like this feeling of when I've said it enough times, it's not scary anymore. And But it's that throat chakra saying it out loud. It's not just thinking it because in my head, anything can be true. You know, I could convince myself that there's, you know, some sort of monster living outside if I think it enough. But I'm not going to act on that, right? It's just going to be in my head and I'm going to be living in my head. But I'm trying to live more and be present and be in the moment and be in my physical world because being in the spiritual realm and in my head is very easy for me. But physically being in community with people and saying things out loud and committing to things out loud and physically feeling my life is something that I'm now trying to rediscover because like I said, for the last five years, I've kind of been in survival mode and that meant overthinking or mentally processing my life and like trying to like, like I said, put things into time slots and just make it work. And it wasn't about like from the inside out. It was like from the outside, all these things are being placed on me or put in front of me. And I'm choosing all of them because it means that that way I don't have to actually ask myself what I want. And don't get me wrong, I was in school for something I loved and, you know, I was in a relationship and, you know, I had my family and I had all these things that I did really want that I did choose. So it's not that these things just happened to me. I made choices, but I think I didn't allow myself to process each choice <laughs> and like, you know, every class I took and I didn't get into the details or, or I was too in the details. And so now I've just learned that there needs to be a balance. And I think I said this in another episode where I like, I'm so zoomed in sometimes that I need to zoom out. And then sometimes I spend too much time zoomed out 
where, you know, the attention needs to be on the details. Like I need to actually do the thing. This is just a topic that came to me in the last couple of days that I was just being nudged to share. And I feel like it's going to resonate with a lot of different people, whether it's a creative project, whether it's, you know, a career project, a family decision, but just knowing what your process is. And that was the whole thing is that I kept thinking I'm not an artist because I don't sketch or I don't immediately just start playing with materials or when I start something, it doesn't look good right away, right? Keeping in mind, I don't really even do a lot of representational work. Most of my work is abstract. So of course, for me, looking at that versus someone who's drawing an accurate cat that is adorable and looks like their cat, yeah, my little blurbs that I draw are probably not going to look the same. So it's just learning that it's okay if your process doesn't look the same. And like I said, now I've learned that that art process of being in my head and allowing things to ferment until they feel activated and I get that buzz of like, yes, I'm going to do this. It's kind of different, but similar in my real life now where when I'm going to make a big, big decision, saying it out loud is that fermentation process, like feeling it in my body and allowing it to build its energy to the point where then it happens again, where I feel activated one time when I say it and then I do it. And then because I do it and I'm saying to the universe, I see all these spirit crumbs coming, all these opportunities that are lining up that are stacked in the favor of making this decision that I have already made in my head. It just feels like the right moment. And then when I do that, all of these other things start to come in, right? All these little things. And one of the things that happened was in the past week, I made a decision to do something I've been waiting for a while to do, which was I was going to choose either a specific healer or therapist or someone to work with one-on-one. And then I just had this moment where I had time and someone came across my mind and I was like, you know what, I'm going to book a session. And it just clicked. And I was like, I'm going to book the next two sessions up front because I'm going to commit to this. It's for my own health. And I've said this before with the healers, you know, we send out healing all the time, but bringing it back to ourselves is difficult. So we do sometimes need the right person. And I've talked about choosing the right healer or reader. And this is just someone who I was like, I am sure I'm meant to work with this person. And after I had just sent the upfront fee for the next two sessions, I was like, you know, I know they didn't mean that I had to send it right away. I could have probably broken that up and done one per week for payments. And then I was like, no, you know what? I feel good about it. This is a good choice. And then that same day, I had two small payments in for things that I wasn't expecting, like just small things that were not prompted and they added up to be the exact amount that I needed. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, what if I did this for another month or so or another few weeks after this? What if I just kept going with this? Is that something that will be able to, you know, fit in with time and payments? And then I had another unexpected payment come in that would have been like a month and a half or two months of these sessions. So just all that to say, the validation comes in differently every time. Sometimes it's just people asking me to do the thing that I've been thinking about that I haven't said out loud yet. Sometimes it's me just feeling differently, like I said, when I say the thing, but just thinking about one thing that you've been trying to manifest or you've been trying to put into practice or you've been trying to find the next step for. Think about that one thing and then just declare it that that is going to happen or you're going to get an answer for it and just tell the universe, I'm going to be open. I am open to receive whatever spirit crumbs you have for me. 
on that note, what just came to mind, which you guys know I don't love talking about my offerings, but we're doing it. Next Thursday on April 14th, I have a session called Energy and Art, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Now I've been saying I am an artist, I'm a healing energy facilitator, every podcast. That is not recorded. That's me saying it every week. As you know, it sounds a little bit different. And this is me putting that into practice because it finally feels like the time when these two things are merging and I'm feeling my heart chakra and my head get really hot right now. The throat chakra seemed like the area I was going to be working with and it may show up that that's what comes up in these sessions, but... For this session, at least how it's going to be is I'm going to do energy healing at the beginning. Everyone's going to receive the energy healing. And then there's going to be time after where you will be bringing all of your own art materials, whatever it is you'd like, whether you're crocheting, cross-stitching, painting, drawing, creating music, whatever it is that you just want to start expressing, you're going to bring that all. You can have a journal anyways, just to jot down your ideas or a sketchbook. And from your experience, you're just going to start experimenting. And then what I'm going to be doing during that time is allowing you to share, you know, if there's things that came up for you, but I'm also going to have a particular plant, herb, or tree. I don't know what it will be yet. It'll come up at that time. And I will start giving you prompts of different qualities of that particular being and different things that are hints of that, but also a few prompts if you're really not sure where to start creatively, because I know the blank page is my enemy a lot of the time. I'll be giving you either just imagery or some prompts to start with. What's going to happen is like this energy builds when you're all in the same energy. And when one person shares, it resonates with someone else. And it kind of is like a crisscross of energy. And then being able to see visually the representation of everyone's experiences is very powerful. I did this myself. I created Reiki prints last year around this time that were a representation of different people's sessions with me. And I had the same base layer of like the chakras. It was just really impactful. And then the comments that I got from people were, it was just really eye-opening to me to see how impactful it was for people to see their own experience represented and to see other people's experiences because a lot of these were group sessions so multiple people experienced the same energy but it came through differently for each person and there were certain notes that were similar like certain colors or certain chakras but you know we always receive what we're meant to receive so that's kind of the intention behind that session and then the following week on the 21st I'm going to be doing a session that will be a spirit crumbs session and it will be spirit crumbs manifesting with synchronicity. I'm doing this already next week in the spirit school collective as one of their included workshops, but this is going to be a separate one that you can sign up for. And it's going to be really fun. I have this energy again, built up around it. And it's going to be where you take this intention that you have. It could be the one you thought of today something that you're looking to receive spirit crumbs on. You're ready to act. You're in this Aries energy. You want to take action, but you just don't know what that direction is. And you're not sure how to spot those crumbs or where they're going to come from. So we're going to go over what spirit crumbs are, different ways they come through. Everybody can share how they come through for them. And then we're going to do some fun activities. So you'll bring 
a journal, you'll bring a random book off your shelf, you'll bring oracle cards or tarot cards if you have them. We're gonna do some activities and then we're going to share and see who is bringing in things that resonate with one another. And this will be powerful because it's based on intention. And if everyone has this intention already with me putting it out there now, the energy is going to go to the people who are meant to receive something in these sessions. And sometimes you just get a little bit of inspiration. Sometimes they're actual tangible things you can act on. Sometimes the right person who has the connection you need shows up for these things. I've seen it happen in other sessions where it wasn't the intention. Spirit crumbs weren't the intention of the session, but it's just fascinating to see how the right people are drawn to one another in this like spiritual community and just anybody who's interested in joining. So that one will be also the following week on April 21st. And I am just really excited to see what comes with these sessions. These are like all my favorite things. I'm very lit up about them. It's not often that I lead with like what I feel excited about. So I know that there will be a really powerful energy to this. So let me know what you think about this and feel free to join us. The registration links are live. The one for this coming week is a paid session, the energy and art one, but the spirit crumbs one is going to be a free masterclass because I think it's something that will connect a lot of us. And then there will be a longer, more in-depth course, which is going to be even more exciting. I'm not going to describe it yet. It's still kind of downloading, but that one will be one that you can sign up for and it's going to be more of an intensive and more interactive. We're going to tailor the topics and things to what's coming up for you on a week to week basis and have like some really, really, really powerful conversations. So I look forward to hanging out with all of you in these sessions and I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.